I mean, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you! Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve, and joining me today is a first-time podcast uh, host and, and owner, Jeremiah, am I correct? Are you the, are you the founder? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the founder, host, owner, editor, producer, writer of everything awesome. of, uh, of Bombad Radio, yeah. Awesome, Bombad That's Radio. me. Well, welcome, Jeremiah. Thanks for being on the show today. Glad to be on. Awesome. Uh, do you want to talk to uh, our listeners a little bit about Bombad Radio? Oh, sure. Uh, Bombad Radio has been going on for over five years. It's your home for um, all the guests you want to hear. Uh, we've had more voice actors than any other podcast I, I've ever been able to find. Um, we've had over 60. We have authors uh, galore with over 50 of them. We, I like interviewing guests. I like talking about Star Wars and basically fandoms in general because they're all a lot of, lot of fun to talk about. And I like talking to the people that uh, that gave us that fandom or at least participate in it. Awesome, cool, cool. And uh, so, what kind of voice actors have you had on so far? Any any big ones that the listeners might know? Um, y- you name it. See, we've had you know a lot of the cast of Clone Wars with Tom Kane, James Arnold Taylor, Cat Tabor. We've had uh, you know people from Dragon Ball Z like uh, Kyle E. Bear. We've had um, oh, I've had Richard Epcar from lots and lots and lots of anime uh, like Robotech. You name it. We we probably have Crispin Freeman. He's uh, he's from lots of anime, he's from lots of uh, Lord of the Rings games, he's an Overwatch. So uh, you name it, we've probably had someone, or at least someone who's really close to them um, on the show. Awesome, great. Yeah, I can definitely see, going through your uh, your episodes, I can see that you've done extensive amount of work to get all the different people on your show, which I think is uh, definitely an awesome thing for you guys. just shows all the work that you're putting into it. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, after five years, you, you have to keep you have to keep yourself entertained because if it's not fun for you, why, what's the point of doing it, right? Exactly. So I, 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 That's what I've been telling myself since day one. If I'm not enjoying it, then there's no point in me doing this. So exactly, yeah, you got You got to make it fun for yourself, and it's it's not worth your time at that point. And it's definitely not the you know the listeners. It's not worth the listeners' times because then they're not they're not going to be enjoying it if you're not enjoying it. Exactly. If this was the boring podcast, I'd be here going today on NPR. But I mean, uh, on the boring podcast, we have <laughs> so and so talk to us about churning noodles. <laughs> First, you have to boil the water, <laughs> Don't, and and you want to watch it. You want to watch it boil because that's when it gets really exciting. Sometimes you'll see bubbles early, and if you dash a little bit of salt, it might even make it happen quicker. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That. Podcasts, podcasts are, 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 are different than radio because radio you always have to have the energy you have to know what you're doing you have to keep it to a certain pace podcasts you set your own pace and if people like it they like it yeah exactly I definitely I definitely agree with that um, so so before we get started I just wanted to go over some results from some of our previous episodes for our listeners a couple weeks back uh, we had a, a fan suggestion for a fight we had Barney the Dinosaur going against uh, Thomas the Tank Engine it was a classic uh, 
90s uh, battle there. And uh, Thomas the Tank Engine came on top with 69% of the vote to Barney the Dinosaurs, 31%. Um, that was a really, really fun episode to record. One of our fans uh, suggested that one, so we did that for him. And then last week, um, we had a special guest. Actually, my girlfriend was on the podcast for the first time. And um, she suggested that we do something in honor of Christmas season. So we did uh, who would win in throwing the best Christmas party. And we had Buddy the Elf going against Martha Stewart. And she took, <laughs> she, she took Buddy the Elf and I took Martha Stewart. And uh, Buddy the Elf is currently kicking my butt, 71% to 29%. I don't think a lot of people are thinking about the food option there since Buddy only serves candy corn and candy cane and sugar and syrup. But, hey, that's the uh, that's the people's vote, so that's what we're going with. So uh, that's some of our older episodes uh, that we've had so far before we're getting into our new episode today. Um, just before we get started, as always, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you'd just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us, leave us a rating on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Uh, so, Jeremiah, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, a little movie that I'm quite sure no one's heard of. It's coming out next weekend called uh, called Rogue One. It's like a small indie film, you know? Exactly. And, uh, nothing big, nothing big. Nothing big. It's just a Star Wars movie, you know, no. a little, little movie. No one's heard of that franchise anyway. No. But uh, in honor of that film, we're going to be talking about stealing the Death Star plans and uh, who would who would steal the Death Star plans if this team, you know, wasn't around that they formed for this movie that's probably better than whatever team we formed. Oh, sure, yeah. So who would win in stealing our, the, the plans for the Death Star with our own, with our own squad? Um, how, exactly. how excited for, are you for Rogue One? I have seen... Every Star Wars film in theaters, uh-huh. um, albeit I cheated the first the first three I saw as so special editions. So um, I. I was I was slightly too too young, yep. born in the eighties, um, and uh, I was really excited for the prequels. Uh, Phantom Menace, I loved getting all the little toys and uh, all the fast food games and stuff for it. Extremely excited, extremely excited for Revenge of the Sith. I remember my my high school friends were driving me. Well, I was driving them nuts with all my fandom. And this is probably the most excited I've ever been for a Star Wars film, Even period. more so than Force Awakens. Much more so. Interesting. Much more so. Um, my, I, I like Star Wars for the wars. And one thing The Force Awakens lacked was that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I can definitely agree with you on that. Space combat, all the ships, the ground stuff. You know, there was cool stuff in it. And, you know, I, I, I understand why people liked it. But it's very much like... Well, I'm going to come out now. One of my least favorite Star Wars films is the original because it's the smallest in scope. Uh-huh. It, it has the least variety and least of the big sets. My favorite seems the first one on the Tanti 4. And so being that it's just like that film, I understand why people love it, but it's also not my favorite. And Rogue One is a war film. You know, it's like the movies that I love. Like on my show, we're talking about like Starship Troopers this week. We've, you know, like Edge of Tomorrow, those, those giant space war films. I love them. I eat them up. And this film I'd love even if it wasn't Star Wars. And, uh, it, it but it is. And so I'm, I'm just ecstatic. I'm, I'm biting at the bit for it. I remember when Disney announced that they were making spinoff films. And at fir- I, first I said, this is stupid. This is an awful idea. Do not make spinoff films. And then I heard it was, you know, it was Rogue One and it was about stealing the plans of the Death Star and I was still not sold. I was like, eh, you know, I really don't want spin-off Star Wars films. It's already confusing enough as it is for people between 456, 1, 2, 3, 7 and now 3.9. 
And then <laughs> I saw the first trailer for it, and I was completely on board. I was like, this is what I want to see. It looked amazing when you had the uh, the Imperial Siren just going off in the background. The and every trailer yeah. and clip and TV spot since then. And then I remember, I forget what trailer it was, but they started showing the space battles, and I had no idea there was going to be space battles in this. I was like, oh, my God, yes, that's exactly what I want to see. Exactly. Once they showed that very first shot of that X-Wing going against, I think they've revealed in, like, in Entertainment Weekly that it's, like, some sort of, like, shield or something over Scarif. Right. And uh, once they revealed that, I was like, I am so in. And now, and now they've showed even more... Um, even more shots, even more like Y wings. Oh, well, yeah. The Force Awakens. I loved how the fighters could fly around in the atmosphere, and that was awesome. But all they had was X wings and Tie fighters. Right. Yeah. And why didn't they have any bombers? Exactly. Right. And uh, I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to see more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Uh, and I mean, I love all the new ships. You know, you got the U wings coming in, kind of like the uh, the new Republic gunships for the Rebels. Uh, you have the Death Troopers, which looks awesome. Um, I'm trying to think what else we have. We have the. There's a new Tie Fighter in this, right? The uh, Striker, isn't it? Tie Striker. They just showed it in Rebels. Yeah. You have the Ewing, yeah. And you also have a lot more aliens than we got to see in the Force Awakens. Yeah. Mostly because the Force Awakens is a smaller film scope wise. Right. Well, this one you get to see a lot more players. A lot. I, a lot of people didn't like the prequels in uh, for because they were kind of you know politicky and big, but they expanded the universe so much more than those originals ever did. Right. Um, you, you got to see, to a lot see more planets. A lot more planets, a lot more way people think, a lot more people dress. Right. And I, li- I like how this is a good mix of the two. You get the you get the the grand scale, but you also get the intimate battles and the and the you know the dirty look and the and the and the war. And hopefully, you also get to see Darth Vader acting like he did in that Battlefront book, Twilight Company. And just, I don't know if you read Battle the Twilight Company book. I, I didn't read the uh, the Twilight Company book. I have heard about it. I listen to other podcasts and, and I watch different channels on YouTube that have mentioned them. But yeah, I definitely hope we see Darth Vader, you know, kicking butt, kicking serious butt in this. Basically, his presence in that Twilight Company book. So whenever he shows up, everyone just wets themselves, no matter who they are. They just <laughs> they just wet themselves because he's that terrifying. And I, I want that. I want that Vader because really, we've not really seen that Vader. As far as when he you know faces an enemy, he terrifies his own people, but. Beyond the beginning of Star of A New Hope, have you have we really seen a, a Vader who just goes around destroying people? Right. Not really. Yeah, not at all. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm a def- lot. I'm definitely excited. I just finished uh, listening to the audio version of uh, Catalyst, the Rogue, the Rogue One novel. Yep. I'm not sure. I'm sure. Good book. I'm sure you've read that. Yeah, I, I, audio, I do a lot of audiobooks because I listen to it while I'm walking around and, and studying and stuff. And yeah, uh, that that book is probably the most. Not essential, I should say. The most, uh, it's the most related to the, to the movies that I've ever seen a book. You know, it actually feels like it's substantial to the movies and it's actually going to help us understand more of what's going on versus just a good story. Right. I think and we're I definitely, like, I, they had a new clip that came out and it was about, um, Krennic meeting up with, uh, was it Galen on that planet that they, uh, they camped out on at the end of Catalyst and I guess we're going to find them at the beginning of Rogue One. And just the way, Krennic is talking to Galen. I just kind of see. I, I'm thinking back to that camaraderie they had in Catalyst and their friendship, and just kind of how Krennic is just kind of pulling out. I'm like, come on, buddy. You know, we've been friends for a long time. I've been helping you out. I really need you to come back now. And by reading that book, you kind of get more of their relationship. And it's not really antagonistic. It's more of just kind of like an old friend relationship. 
but we've well, I'm quite sure we've all had that friend though who yes they're a friend but they're not really the best friend that you want they're the type of one that uses you right yeah, <laughs> uh, especially they, they, he, he uses him throughout that entire book and you know it's not it's not exactly a two-sided relationship right it's I did one thing for you at this time and now uh, you're gonna serve me forever type thing yeah. but yeah I, lo- I love I love how that dynamic works and I think we got they got two really great actors to to spell it out and uh and, and yeah, I think Adelis definitely set us up uh, a lot more than I thought it was going to. Because you remember, I don't know if you read Aftermath before The Force Awakens came out, but that one you read it and you're like this sets up what? Nothing yeah, I, really. I, I heard I heard Aftermath wasn't well received, not as well as it should have been. I'm not sure if you agreed with that. Well, the the writing style is off putting. It's in present perfect, so it's okay. like right reading a script. So it right. can be really off putting. But th- just beyond that, um, right, you know, writing style aside, uh, in my personal opinions about a book aside, but like when you read it, a lot of people read it and thought it was going to set up the Force Awakens in a grand way. But really, all it did is just talk a little bit about the politics of the Alliance after immediately after Endor, and it it didn't really set us up or prepare us for it. Now, there's three books that are going to give us information. Um, and by the end of Empire's End, which comes out, I think, in February, uh, perhaps we'll be set up more, but it's not the books that we wanted to set us up for The Force Awakens, while Catalyst seems to be the exact story that we wanted and needed before Rogue One. Right, and it seemed like it was a big bridge, not just getting ready for from Rogue One, or not just from, like, Revenge of the Sith to Rogue One. It seemed like it was a bridge from, like, the like Attack of the Clones to A New Hope, kind of, like, because they're talking about Geonosis and... And the Clone Wars are still going on when the book uh, starts taking place, and it kind of spans, I don't know, like ten years? No, maybe not ten years. Yeah, I think it's about ten years. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I like that. You know, we got to find out what happened to the Death Star plans after Attack of the Clones. We find out that there's two Death Stars being built. Maybe the second one that the Separatists were building is uh, the Death Star Two. Right. Maybe we don't we don't exactly know. We know how the Death Star is going to be powered with Kyber crystals. Um, I, I do like it how it just it, it fit right in and, and filled in the holes. You know, we got some hints from Rebels. We got some hints from Tarkin, um, also by James Luceno. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one just filled in the gaps in uh, in a very nice way. I thought. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was it, it was awesome. So yeah, between that and everything else we've seen for Rogue One, I'm I'm super pumped, just like you are. So so moving on to our fight. So 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 who are you picking for your team to uh, steal the plans of the Death Star? <laughs> so my team. I have Ray from The Force Awakens. I have Sabine from the Star Wars Rebels show. I have Cad Bane from Star Wars The Clone Wars, and I have a Zillow Beast okay. from The Clone Wars. Do you want to, do you want to give a, a brief background about the four of those people, just for our listeners, maybe those who don't watch The Clone Wars or are not familiar with Rebels? I'm sure everybody knows who Ray is, but... <laughs> well, if you don't know who Ray is, she's the main character in The Force Awakens. She is not in Rogue One. So do not worry. That no, is not she, her. She is not in Rogue One. <laughs> Poe is not in it. Neither of them are in it. Felicity Jones is not Daisy Ridley. They're very different people. Yes. Sabine is a Mandalorian of the house Ren um, and well, Clan Vizsla, uh, related to Pre Vizsla and the Clone Wars. Um, she is uh, a trained uh, commando trooper who left the Academy early and now serves uh, as part an early member of the Rebel Alliance. She's extremely athletic, likes to paint things and blow things up. Yep. Cad Bane is uh, basically the top bounty hunter during the Clone Wars. Him and Boba Fett had a big rivalry that we have not seen the end of yet, and hopefully we will someday. Um, he is a Duros who 
is extremely talented, extremely uh, good at getting the job done, and uh, is the type of bounty hunter that if you pay him, he'll do what he can to get make sure everything gets done and will stay loyal for that. Zilla Beast is a giant Godzilla-like monster from uh, Malice there who... Um, there's not very many of them, but his uh, giant scales are lightsaber-proof. And during the Clone Wars, uh, the last one that they found was um, killed on Coruscant, and there was an ominous ending with Palpatine saying, we're going to keep him to use him for research. And I've liked the Zilla Beast so much that I actually, uh, on my show, we've I've written uh, Star Wars radio dramas where uh, the first three episodes were all about uh, another Zilla Beast, and I just like the Zilla Beast. What was with the Zilla Beast? Did he, did, where was the other one taking place? On your radio As drama. in, on my radio drama, basically they found they found one in the underworld of Coruscant. Oh, okay. And, and uh, things happen. If you want to know, it's on my show at bombayradio.com under Radio Play or the audio drama link on top. I have uh, six episodes out right now with some more uh, coming on the way this holiday season. Awesome, great, cool. So I love those picks. I think when I saw when you told me you're doing the Zillow Beast, I was like, interesting. Okay, I'm gonna have to uh, do a little more research. I've seen all of Clone Wars and Rebels. I haven't seen the Clone Wars in a while, but I do I do you know remember that episode because that was I think it was a three a three episode story arc uh, involving the uh, the Zillow Beast. So yeah, yeah the very I, end of season two. Yeah, yeah. So um so so yeah so I thought th- I thought those were awesome picks. So. I also went with Ray from The Force Awakens, uh, same reasons I'm sure that you went with. I also went with Captain Rex, who was kind of like Anakin's uh, Commander Cody during the Clone Wars, and he survived the Clone Wars, and he's currently in Star Wars Rebels helping out the uh, the Rebel cell that we see. He took out his Order 66, in, uh, I guess, inhibitor chip, I guess you could call it, that was implanted in his brain, so he did not uh, kill any Jedi during Order 66. Uh, I also picked classic R2-D2 and also Agent Callus, who is from Star Wars Rebels, who is one of the Imperial agents, and we've just had a new twist with him that a lot of people were predicting, um, that he has been aiding the Rebels. I don't know how long he's been aiding the Rebels. Well, I think they said ever since Zeb uh, was with him on the moon of Geonosis, he's kind of been a sympathizer for the Rebels. I, th- I think that sounds right. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, so those are my picks. So, Ray, Captain Rex, R two D two, and Agent Callus. So, so, so let's just get right into it. So, why do you think your people would do a better job than my people, and uh, vice versa? Any holes that you see with my people that you think my people might have uh, some problems with, or, or vice versa as well? Okay. First, first, looking at my team, um, I, I I picked them each for a specific purpose. First of all, Sabine is the acrobat. She can get into places that are really hard to get to with her. You know, she can flip, she can jump, she has the jetpacks, and so on. And uh, she's very nimble. Ray is also very resourceful. And you know, as we saw at the beginning of the Force Awakens, she's crawling around the Star Destroyer, and um, and you know, she basically take care of herself and escape on her own, as we learned throughout that movie. And then Cad Bane's the bounty hunter, who is the the guns of the operation. He He'll, he'll, as long as you pay him, he's loyal to a fault. Okay. Um, and he's extremely good at what he does. You know, he's a gunslinger, and uh, and you know he's he can be a lethal if he needs to. The Zilla Beast is on my team as a distraction. Okay. It's really hard to uh, pay attention to what's going on in your base when a giant monster is crushing everything outside, especially one that can't really be hurt by lightsabers and blasters very well. That is that is true. Now, do you think since the Empire or some of the the stormtroopers, clone troopers had already had experience dealing with a Zillow beast the uh, the first time that they'd already have some kind of plan in place of taking one down? 
I'm not sure because, um, first of all, we know by Rogue One, pretty much all the clones are phased out. They're, okay. they're old. They're, you know, what, in their 60s, right, 70s? Is that yeah. double the age? Um, and since there was only the one Zulu beast in Coruscant, I imagine, just knowing what type of person Palpatine is, that he kind of hushed, hushed what happened as much as he could. Okay. And since they can make people forget the Jedi existed, I'm quite sure they can make people forget that the Zillow Beast existed, especially since there was just one, and he quickly killed it and got it out of there. I think that's a fair point. I think that's a very fair point. Do you think Do you think Rey would be okay working with Cad Bane? I mean, I'm sure Cad Bane wouldn't mind working with Rey, even though you know she is Force-sensitive. I mean, if, if they were getting paid, he wouldn't care. But do you think, like, with Rey's morals, that she'd be fine working with Cad Bane? Well, she worked with Han Solo. Cad Bane's not necessarily that different than Han Solo. He's a scoundrel who gets paid to do a job, and I think Ray understands that. It's not like an Unkar plot who's just kind of disgusting while he does it in, and does it. You know, Cad Bane has never shown that he's a despicable person. He just does what he needs to do and gets it, and usually he's hired by not very good people, but he just, he does what he needs to do to get the job done, and, uh, I think Ray will understand it because of the type of person she is. She, you know, she's a scavenger. She does what she needs to do to, Survive, and that's what Cad Bane does as a living. Okay, all right, awesome. I think I think that uh, those are great points there. So um, I, I I picked Agent Callus uh, for the reason that I feel like he can be an infiltrator into the Empire and be providing our team and other rebels with information. Uh, he might, he's not going to have exact and uh, information regarding the Death Star plans, but he does have contacts regarding. It could be. Animal Thrawn, Tarkin, Vader, and he might be able to get some information out of them in order for my team to know what maybe where the, the plans are or some other information as well. Um, Captain Rex, uh, there's an episode in Rebels where him and Kanan are dressed up as stormtroopers, and uh, Captain Rex is able to remember some of his old Clone War directions and signs and whatnot, and he's able to communicate with the stormtroopers and get by no problem. So I think that he would be able to get into an Imperial base, maybe even be with uh, Agent Callus and have no problems going around and, you know, getting the plans if need be. Uh, Rex, so you're going with Rebels, Rebels Rex or versus Clone Wars Rex? So I'm going with uh, Rebels Rex, yeah, I would say that. I mean, he still has the experience from the Clone Wars, but I'm focusing more on the Rebels Rex, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, I wanted I wanted someone who was Force-sensitive on my team. That's why I chose Rey. Uh, you know, she could use a lightsaber if need be. Uh, we don't want to definitely do that because that kind of gives their team away. And um, also, you definitely want someone who's been able to escape some kind of a base like that. Like she escaped Starkiller Base. If she, whether if she was inside the Death Star or inside some kind of Imperial base, she'd be able to uh, to do that with the skills that she's had. And um, if if you know she has to, she could wear a Stormtrooper outfit, just jump into it real quick. And then R2-D2 going around, I mean, you know, you could paint him black. They've painted Chopper uh, Imperial colors in, in uh, Rebels to have him blend in, and I'm sure R2-D2 would be able to uh, do that as well. And R2-D2, of course, being the hero of the saga, you know, he can fly, he can set things on fire, he can shock things, he can hack things. Yeah, he can, he can pretty much do whatever you need him to do. Exactly. Now, is, is his uh, flying ability still going on in in the canon currently did uh, has there been anything that's like deactivated his flying abilities i'm not sure if they ever actually answered that question yeah because i mean because he could do it in three and then in four and five and six it just doesn't happen yeah i think um 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think they said some silly thing about, you know, maybe it got broken or they turned it off or he's getting old. But I guess he's used it. And if until they say, no, he can't use it anymore. Yeah, I guess he still can. It, it's it's free game. Right, yeah, absolutely. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so so uh, one of my friends, they, they, they wrote down uh, four cards that I have here. I haven't seen them. And they're numbered one, two, three, and four. And they're with different scenarios and how we would uh, address them uh, as we were trying to steal the plans of the Death Star. So uh, I'm going to let you pick one, two, three, and four, and whichever one you want, I'll, I'll read it to you, and it's going to be a scenario. I want to see how you would react to that, say, while you were trying to get the plans of the Death Star. Let's go number three. All right, number three. So we have – you have a choice to destroy the Death Star's laser – or steal the plants. Which do you choose, and which character would you use to accomplish that? I'd steal the plants, because it's better to destroy the entire thing than uh, just disable the laser or steal the crystal or whatever. Um, who would I use to get the, get the plants? Well, I... If I had to pick only one, I'd probably pick Sabine, because she is the most... Uh, highly trained among this specific type of thing. She was trained, you know, the Mandalorians are trained to be, and it's supposed to be Imperial Super Commandos, um, and she was in that academy, so she knows how to act like the Imperial best, and, you know, she already knows how, she's comfortable wearing the type of armor, even though it's, she just prefers it colored. Right. Um, so I'd go, I'd go with Sabine, because she, she's the most, she's the one that can get in and out quickest, um, and if she needs to get in a fight, she can, she knows how to stay alive. Now, would she be wearing her Mandalorian armor here, or would she be wearing, uh, like, Stormtrooper armor or some kind of Imperial armor? I think just like uh, the one where she had to infiltrate to get the TIE Fighter pilots, she'd be wearing the she'd be wearing the Stormtrooper armor or uh, Imperial Space Trooper armor, um, whatever's needed to get inside. Gotcha. That's such a great episode, by the way. With, was that the, the Antilles extraction? Yes. I think it is. Oh, my gosh. That episode's so good. It was a very good episode, especially with what happened recently. Yeah. I'm not a very big fan of the past couple. Well, I never saw last week's, but the ones bef- the two before that was just like, yawn. Yeah, they, they kind of slumped down a little bit. Um, yeah, last week's was good, and um, I think tomorrow's is the, or Saturday's, is the mid-season and, finale, I think it is? Yes, yeah. mid-season finale. There's not until, until January, because we're going to be focusing on uh, this little indie film we're talking about. Yeah, I, yeah, what's that? Oh, yeah, I think it's like Rogue something. Yeah, I forget. What Rouge one. Yeah, yes, Rouge, the Rouge one. Rouge, Rouge one. Yes, that one. All right, I'm going to pick one of these, and I'm going to see you know how my how my people would uh, address the plan and see what we could do. I'm going to take number two. So number two says, 50 stormtroopers are on patrol and meet my squad. What do I do? Oh, jeez. All right, so I'm going to say I got 50 stormtroopers coming at me. I'm going to say that they're all in stormtroop. My guys are all in stormtrooper uniform except for Callus. Callus is going to be as the imperial officer that he is. Ray is going to be in her. Um, she's going to be in some kind of stormtrooper armor. Maybe she used a Jedi mind trick to get someone out of their armor, or they just beat him, whatnot. And uh, Captain Rex is going to be. Well, I got this. I guess at this point he's just Rex, but. He's going to be in his Stormtrooper armor that he could have also stolen, and R2-D2 is going to be painted black or something like that, blending in with the Imperials. And uh, my first plan of defense is having Agent Callus tell them to move or go somewhere else. Uh, if something goes wrong and they know that maybe Agent Callus might not be on the right side, 
Um, maybe I'd have my squad pretend like they're with those 50 stormtroopers trying to get Agent Callus out of the way, you know, saying that he's a traitor or something. So that way that gains the trust of those 50 stormtroopers. Uh, perhaps using Captain Rex to use some kind of signals, uh, signs with the other stormtroopers to signal something. And if worse comes to worse, I would just have Ray see if she could do a massive Jedi mind trick to all 50 stormtroopers. I don't know how that would play out, but, you know, you could always try it. Yeah, it seems very much like a scenario from uh, Lord of the Rings from Return of the King with Frodo and Sam and the, the orc armor, and they just have to go online and uh, and take whatever abuse they need to get to get through as, uh, as long as people think they're orcs for some reason. Exactly. It just plays out. You know, you got these tiny guys with you, tiny orcs with big feet and hairy feet, too. And uh, yeah. the orcs are just like, all right, cool. No problem. Yep, that's how it works. Yeah. All right, so we have number four and number one. That'll be your last scenario as we go on. I'll take number one. Number one? All right, number one, we have your group falls into a trash compactor. What's your next move? Hmm. I'm assuming this group does not include Zillow because that would be... That would be a uh, big trash compactor. I think it would break. Yeah. Um, well, let's see here. So they shut down a guy with smashers. Honestly, I would trust Cad Bane to know how to get out of something like that. And probably Sabine, because both of them seem very resourceful. And I'm assuming Cad Bane has had to do some very, uh, not very fun things to get out of situations before, uh, with his bounty hunting and, uh, you know, he assassinated people before. And I'm assuming he might know either how to get deactivated or at least how to get that door open from the inside. And Sabine always has explosives on her. And uh, I think combined, they should be able to find a way to get out of the trash compactor. Um, Ray probably would not be the best one to use in there, and Azilla would just crush us all to death. You think Ray could use her force abilities to spread them apart, the doors, if possible? I I think it's possible, but I don't think she's what she's doing enough to be able to do that. Right. In fact, I, I'm not even sure how. That's like something out of like the Force Unleashed, where you drag down a star destroyer. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> uh, that was a pain in the butt. Yeah, um, I, I, I imagine, in theory, she could, but you have to know. In order to do something like that, don't they? They have to know kind of how it works and where the process is and what's you know giving it the strength and energy. And I think if she just did it the other way, she would just wear herself out, and that would just make her not not useful if they do get out. Right. No, definitely. Do you think? Um, let's see. If if uh, Sabine, if she has. Uh you know, the, her jetpack, if she is in her Mandalorian armor, could they fly up or something? Um, I, if I, if I remember the shape of it, it, uh, I, I don't think that it'll, that they can just fly up and out, um, right. necessarily. Though if they do, you know, shoot a hole in the top, you know, they could probably get through that hole, but if they just come through the normal compactor opening, that sort of thing closes. Um, but if they do, if they do blow a hole in it, like in a new hole, uh, she could, she could definitely fly out, but that wouldn't necessarily help the others. Exactly. Um, right. So I don't think the hole would be big enough for her to pick someone up and then fly everyone out. I, I, I just don't see that working. Yeah, it, wouldn't, it would take too much time, too much time. All right, I'm going to take number four, last one. Oh, God. Man, you're probably happy to get You this. die. Is yeah, it like I, a choosing yeah. an adventure? You're dead. The Death Star fires on your home planet and you lose. Darth Vader <laughs> shows up. What do you do? Oh, boy. Uh, I mean... So I can't use Rey as a Jedi, using a Jedi mind trick because he's going to be on to her automatically saying, you know, what is going on here? Uh, thinking Callus, I mean, Vader and Callus have had some interactions, so Callus might be able to play it cool. 
But I feel like Vader might be able to be uh, kind of understanding of you know what's Callus is thinking. And um, Captain Rex, oh boy. I mean, well, he might be able to sense Rex since they have a history between the two of them. And I feel like if Vader shows up for me, it's over. The, the, the This plan is screwed, and, and they're done. I know what I'd do. I'd be like, Zillo! Yeah, right. Distraction! <laughs> this time I start stomping things, and Vader has to go react. That's, yeah, he would go and take care of it. See, you picking the Zillow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to you. I don't, I don't like to, uh, when I have guests on the show, I don't like to acknowledge their good points. But that's a good point. Using that as a distraction. He's just... If you need help, just unleash the Zillow and he'll just start smashing things. And, and uh, as long as he doesn't smash you, you're right. fine. And, and Anakin Skywalker has experience dealing with the Zillow beast. So he'd probably respond very quickly going, uh, I need to go now. Yeah, exactly. He would know exactly how to deal with it, no problem whatsoever. Exactly. Man, I wish you got that one instead of me. <laughs> that would have been, been a lot easier. Okay, so uh, so moving on. So, are there any last points you want to point out between uh, both of ours or mine, or uh, before we start wrapping things up here? Well, I do like how your team is definitely full of a lot more imperial experience. Though I do think Rex, being the Star Wars Rebels version, might actually be a handicap because of his PTSD issues that he has right now, and you know his age. He's not able to be as uh, he's smart. He knows what he's doing, but I. I I think that, you know, he wouldn't get out of the mission alive. I think he'd have a one that would just, like, sit back and hold people off and then die fighting. See, I'm not sure because, you know, you had the one episode in Rebels this season, what was it, The Last Battle, where yeah. uh, where he, he fought the last, it was like the last Clone Wars battle, and, and I thought he did a pretty good job there. But he was also having PTSD issues throughout that entire battle um, with flashbacks and so on, and I imagine that in too much of a combat, you know, he could have those type of flashbacks or type of PTSD. Or, you know, it's just, you know, if you're going in there, it's not going to be a short operation. And uh, I, I can just imagine if, you know, if he gets injured at all, he's pretty much not going to leave. Right. Now, do you think once uh, Cad Bane gets on the inside and he gets what he needs, do you think he's going to just leave everybody? Or do you think he would work with everybody? I think that might be a hindrance knowing him. Because I feel like he's just kind of doing it for the money and he's just doing the job. Yes, but if you set it up where he doesn't get paid until he's done, you know, he, he he's not the type of one, at least from the Clone Wars, to just give up on a job if he's only getting half. Um, you know, and he's he's had lots of missions where he you know, he didn't just abandon people when things get hairy. He stuck with them because that was the job. And, uh, you know, Boba Fett was one, a little more one who was a little more sneakier than he was. But Cad Bane tended to stick with people even when he didn't like them or the job was getting hard and hairy. And uh, this type of one... I, I don't. I don't think he just leave because then he want to get money. Makes sense. Makes sense. Because I, for one, wouldn't. I, I wouldn't pay him until we're done. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You. I mean, maybe give him something up front, just to kind of inspire him a little bit, just to get him going. But yeah, you gotta, you know, get everybody out of there alive or the best that you can, and, and bring the plans back before you uh, you get your money. Exactly. Because yeah, no, not, and I'm not paying him up front. Oh, n- nothing at all. Uh, well, no, not fully. It'd be like you know, fifty-fifty or maybe twenty-five percent up front, type thing. Maybe uh, maybe two thousand now, and then fifteen when he returns the Death Star plans. He'd probably want a little more than that, but <laughs> yeah. Seventeen. 
<laughs> Probably a little more than what it costs to fly to Alderaan. Yeah, exactly. Even even you know if you're if you're uh, avoiding Imperial cruisers. Yes, especially. Yeah. All right, cool. Any any last points you want to bring up before we uh, wrap things up? You all good? Um, I think we are. I like how we both included Ray, but for different reasons. Yeah, I think I think that was a good pick too. I was I was thinking I definitely wanted to include some kind of a female. Um, because unfortunately Star Wars originally was very male heavy and they've been doing a good job of incorporating awesome female characters lately, especially between Rey, Sabine, uh, Hera, Syndulla in the, in Rebels, Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and in Rebels also, and now with, uh, Jyn Erso in, uh, in Rogue One. So I, I was thinking of maybe doing Ahsoka at one point and then I was thinking, well, you really can't have her break into an Imperial facility without someone saying like, who is that? Like she's going to st- stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Um, Aliens tend to do that, for sure. That's why Cad Bane is an alien. Yes, he'll stick out, but he also knows how to sneak Exactly, yeah. I mean, Ahsoka, I'm sure she'd be able to sneak, but not as well as Cad Bane. I mean, that's what he is known for. That's what his job is to do. Um, I I was doing research to see if there was any evidence of any... What's her species? It's Torgruda. Togruta, yeah. Togruta. I was, I was looking online to see if there was any evidence of any Togrutas ever working with the Empire, which I knew was probably going to be 0% because the Empire doesn't like aliens anyway. Because um, if there was, like, this one thing, I was going to be like, oh, that'd be awesome if I could include that and then have her just say, oh, you know, I'm a Togruta working for the Empire. But I couldn't find anything, so that's why I decided to go with Rey instead. Because I definitely wanted a Jedi and also a female in some capacity. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I, I, can, I can see how that works, and... You know, one thing I, I, I like to point out is, you know, we have Daisy Ridley as a, as a new female. We have Felicity Jones, a new female. And, you know, recently the Mother of Dragons was announced yeah. to be in the Han Solo movie. And uh, it's interesting how they all look very similar. They do. For those who don't know, she does not usually have platinum blonde hair like she has in Game of Thrones. Her hair is brown, as we saw in, in uh, Terminator Genesis. And uh, they, they're all petite women... Uh, with brown hair and you know a specific look, which I just think is kind of kind of interesting. Do you think that there might be some kind of lineage they're trying to set up? Um, I I doubt it. Um, especially not with you know the most recent announcement. Um, I'm just I'm right now I'm just curious. You know, I'm looking at how tall they are. <laughs> Felicity Jones is five three. Daisy Ridley's a little taller. She's a massive five seven. Oh boy. Um, Billy Clark's. I feel like she's got to be short. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I know she's short, and I, I, even though I have to be fair, the last time I saw her, you know, she was next to Arnold Schwarzenegger, and oh, that's yeah, a. It's not. It's not very fair. Yeah. That. Um. She's five two, so she's shorter than Felicity Jones. Oh wow. So yeah, she's uh, she's a short one, and they're all they're all small women, but uh, they all definitely look very similar. Um, all right, so uh, so so we'll wrap things up. So like always, uh, for every episode, we have a Twitter poll where uh, our listeners, our followers, can vote for you know who they thought had the better argument. For so for this instance, which team do you think would win in stealing the plans to the Death Star? You had my team, which was Ray, R two, Agent Callus, and Captain Rex, and then we had Jeremiah's team, who was also starting out with Ray, uh, the Zillow Beasts, uh, Sabine, Sabine, and yep. then. 
Cad Bane. Oh, Cad Bane also. Yeah. So, so our listeners, please feel free to go out and vote and, uh, you know, keep an eye on that and I'll definitely reveal the results in our next episode. And please go out and, uh, support Jeremiah's channel, uh, Bombad Radio. Do you have any, uh, new episodes coming out sh- shortly? You said you had some radio dramas coming out for the holidays? Yeah, we have radio dramas coming out for the holidays when I get them edited. Take a while to edit. This week, um, as in tomorrow's episode, Saturdays is, uh, or we did a discussion about all these films that were influenced or influenced Star Wars. And, uh, this week we're talking about Starship Troopers, which really didn't influence Star Wars in any way. But we're talking about it anyway because it's military fiction leading us up to Rogue One. Uh, next week when Rogue One comes out, we don't have a review of Rogue One because I'm not seeing it till the Tuesday. Um, Tuesday after. Well, it's, um, my, my apartment complex has a, they rented out a theater so we can all watch it. Oh, no way. And to go see a movie requires, you know, tickets plus babysitters. So if, if half of it's free, I'm going to go with that. Yeah, it's a, um, a good plan. And, uh, but, you know, to hold people over, we're going to, we have a Star Wars author, William C. Dietz, who, uh, not all of you would know, but he wrote the Jedi Knight Dark Forces books, the Kyle Katarn novellas, all three of them. Um, with the original guy who stole the Death Star plans, at least, one of them, because there's also comics that says how it Storm did it. There's the Han Solo trilogy that says that team did it, that says they all died, and the comics that said, no, they all survived, and they didn't agree in old canon, people. It was kind of weird. Um, but the Dark Forces trilogy, uh, written by Deeds, who also wrote in Halo and StarCraft and Hitman and a bunch of other stuff, um, we had him on as uh, one of the co-hosts for uh, Bantha Fodder uh, joined me, and it was a great interview. That'll be up next Saturday. Um, as we uh, are all probably in theaters or wishing we were in theaters or talking about being in a theater <laughs> for uh, Rogue One. Don't worry. You'll, you'll get to see it Tuesday, and I'm sure you'll get to see it many times after that as long as you can find a, a reasonable babysitter. Yeah. Finding the babysitter is the trick. That's probably, that's probably the hardest part right there. Finding one and then, you know, paying them. Exactly. Yeah, and then you got, yeah, you're paying for the babysitter, and then you're paying for the movie too, and then the next thing you know you're getting popcorn and soda and then – Next thing you know, it's costing you sixty dollars to go see Rogue One. Yeah, but yeah. If if, you, if you're going there as a single person, you know nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate that. Thank you for inviting me. I I, I like being on other people's shows because it means I have to do less work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you just know what you got to talk about, and the the rest is uh, you know laid back and relaxed. Which is nice. All right, great. So, as always, please subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to to participate in our show. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. That's an impounded Imperial ship. What's your call sign, pilot? Um, we have to go. It's, um... Say something. Come on. Rogue? Rogue One. Rogue One? There is no Rogue One. Well, there is now. Rogue One. Pulling away. Pulling away. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.